ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Razor and the Flanges uh, Tottenham Hotspur, Hotspur podcast, also doubling as Barney and Dan's Tottenham Hotspur podcast. Dan, how are you doing? I'm good, and I'm also the Flange. You're also the Flange. I don't, I don't know who I want to be right now. I, I don't know if I feel more Dan, I feel more Flange. It's something I deal with every day when I wake up. Um, I'm always like, who am I today? Am I Razor or yeah. am I Barney? I can't. <laughs> I can't figure it out. It sounds like um, it sounds like I don't for some reason we're like characters on Neighbours or something that were like they were our nicknames like for like you were the cool bully in school or something called Razor. Um, I don't know what the flange is <laughs> in that universe. <laughs> the flange sounds like a disease. The flange is the disease. I'm the disease. So you're the mm-hmm. cool bully and I'm the disease. Wow, what a combo! Wow, well, what a combo! Go. Um, but thank you for the shout out on Tottenham uh, Depot. Uh, appreciate it. I was a little confused, Dan, about the confusion around us uh, talking about needing cool nicknames um, and the fact that they do introductions at the start. Like everyone, I assume that the names at the start, maybe the names at the start of Tottenham Depot are indeed the legal names of every person. And if that's the case, my sincere apologies. They could just be the Twitter handles, I think. <laughs> What's a nickname? Well, which is still a nickname in a sense, but they they were very keen to make the the, the you know leave it to us to clarify what we meant <laughs> by it. But no, a lovely shout out, a lovely shout out. It's good to see after the flange, sorry, Razor and the flange being you know brought into the world within a week. Mm. They're getting mentioned, uh, you know, in, in cross continental manners. It's it's beautiful. I mean, if if it is purely. Uh, the Twitter handle, that means that you get to be Dan Spursy, yeah? And I get to be Cool Soup Boy 69. <laughs> Are you happy with that? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Who doesn't love a minestrone? <laughs> I mean, now this kind of makes sense because like, when we when you, you first tried to give yourself the nickname last week or maybe the week mm. before, but you did go with Barney Spursy. So <clears throat> it's like you have stepped on my turf now, I guess. <laughs> mm. Mm. Well, you better not bring up soup. Hey, I got some soup stories. No, no, that's my turf. <laughs> I was going to say, got some soup stories about boys. And it's like, nope, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Let's uh, move it on to Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, on to Tottenham Hotspur. So we've got two games to talk about. We've got West Ham and then we've got Fulham. Yippee. <laughs> um, uh, I, I guess we start with the West Ham game. Yep, that's our little Smurf that we keep in the corner who uh, yeah. gives mm-hmm. the reactions there. Yeah, let's start with West Ham and get that out of the way, I think. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, mm, it was it was okay. I don't think it was as bad as everyone made it out to be. No. Like, it wasn't a good game, but, like, derbies can so often just end up being something like that. Like, you go into it, you know, hoping that it's going to be this spectac- spectacle of football where you wipe the floor with your opponents, but... Like West Ham are an annoying team to play, and they mm-hmm. they made they were annoying in, in this game. So no real surprises, I don't think. No, I mean they they were just yeah them they were just their annoying selves. Um, we played pretty averagely, but we had been playing pretty averagely up until that point. Um, I guess uh, I don't know in terms of like talking points out of this game, like Sanchez regressed to the mean. And I thought Pesuma looked pretty average. That was kind of, kind of. I mean, everyone looked average, but I just, in terms of uh, notable um, events. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, we definitely see that, you know, Basuma needs more time, needs more time in this system. And and also he's just got different attributes to, uh, you know, Bentenko who's missing. So, um, yeah, and, and, and you're right with Sanchez. Like, I thought this really showed the, what happens when we've got Sanchez and Lloris in together, um, which I think happened a bit in the Forest game, a little bit, but I think West Ham probably executed it a little bit better. Um they're both poor <laughs> on the ball. And when we've got both of them there, it's, um, I think we really do get exposed massively. Um, and whereas if we just have Loris, we kind of get away with it. Um, I, I was going to say if we just have Sanchez, but we never just have Sanchez cause we've always got Loris behind him. Um, and, but I think, yeah, I like our passing out from the back when we do have Sanchez, like you said, he regressed to the mean, like this is probably did bring up his weaknesses more than, more than any of the previous games. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the takes, which I agree with, is that if you isolate that right-hand side, you know, you're going to have luck because we can't really progress the ball. And, like, I know Emerson's this weird kind of midpoint <laughs> in terms of our team where you know that in terms of his uh, well, what he's shown his ability to be playing for us, like, he is actually doing quite well, um, but it's it's like the the ceiling just isn't that high so he's he's doing great in terms of uh personal ability but in terms of what we need in the system you know it's probably not that appropriate but i also like took offense whenever i read a take like that i was like kulisevsky plays on that side excuse me <laughs> but he also can't cover <laughs> right wing right wing back and right center back so i guess you know even him you know that's too much for him yeah. Um, and I think as well, it's, it's something that Emerson does, does get caught up, um, with Sanchez. So it's kind of like Sanchez is bad news and Emerson just gets caught in with the wrong crowd. And <laughs> when he's got Romero next to him, um, I think Emerson, he's a, a little bit freer and also, I, I don't know, he doesn't have to sort of necessarily drop back and make it easier for, for mm. Sanchez to get the ball to him. He can, um, start moving around a little bit more, but yeah, I do agree. Emerson is a player that, like, I quite like him, but he definitely is someone who plays, like, to the max of his ability, and it's probably the max of his ability is never really going to be where we want it to be as a club in the sense of when we're talking about having uh, an elite superstar wingback. Yeah, exactly. Um, he just doesn't have the, at this stage anyway, we haven't seen any evidence that he's able to uh, put in, you know, the kind of elite crosses that we require playing the system. Um, and Doherty apparently is now back to just sitting on the bench. Um, but yeah, in, ter in terms of this game, it was just kind of like a bit, it was just flat. Uh, and uh, again, kind of looked like we were being stifled. I didn't realise how big a miss Bentico would be. Like, I was excited for Basuma to start. I was like, here we go. This is going to be – not that I, I like Bentico, but um, I was like, this is going to be, you know, like quite a difference. And it was, it was worse. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think sort of just looking at it too, I just hope that it doesn't give more ammunition to the people who are anti Hoybier to go, well, mm. Bentico wasn't there and look how we played. Um, I think it was a combination of everything. And it's like, if we had Romero in there, if we had Longley in there, if we had like more distribution coming out for the back, maybe that would have made things a bit easier for Basuma. 
I don't really know, but um, yeah, it did show that we we do miss Bentico a bit, even though he Bentico has had some like shakier games earlier in this season. Um, but yeah, Basuma's he's just not ready to to start when I guess when we've got other players out as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I was expecting Longley to play against West Ham, and he didn't. Um, and but we did see him in the in the next game. Davies is still, I think, he's such an unglamorous player that Spurs fans sort of, you know, kind of ignore how good he's now been since Conte came in. Like he has been fantastic, mm. um, and I don't, you know, I'm I'm not salivating at the fact that Longley's going to start if he's going to start more or whatever, like. Um, gentle Ben, Daddy Ben has done a great job. Oh no, no, I'm I'm a big um, Davies fan as well. I, I think it's like it's a good scenario to be in where it's like ultimately I think who is the better player, and you'd have to say Longley. Um, hmm. But having Longley and Davies in that role there, rotating through, sharing minutes, all that sort of stuff, amazing, great. I think that's perfect um, for what we need. Hmm. Like, and I and I think it probably balances out with Davies that. Again, he's a player who, even though he does a really, really good job, I think you see the distribution we get from Longley in that Fulham game, which was incredible. Mm. And it just sort of shows us like, oh, okay, when we have a player, you know, when we've got both of our sort of wide center backs are able to pass forward and do really well with that. Wow. We suddenly look so much more dynamic. Dynamic. Mm, it's uh, back. <laughs> it's back when we're attacking. Yeah. I mean, I... I'm hesitant to give too much praise to Longley just yet, especially in, uh, in comparison to Davis, uh, because Dave, what did I just say? Davis, uh, Davis, <laughs> um, because we haven't seen him really threatened on that side, which we have seen, you know, Davies have to um, deal with uh, attacking threats and make blocks. And so uh, I guess I'm, I'm, kind of biased by the by the fact that there's been lots of takes about Longley being a good passer and having good vision but defensively can make errors we haven't seen that either um but I'd like to see you know like if he plays against City like how is it gonna go maybe he'll be amazing who knows because he was playing for a Barcelona setup where they're like "Ah, the centre-backs just deal with it yeah you're playing on the edge of our attack (laughs) On, on the edge of the opponent's uh, 18-yard box. But, uh, yeah, defend. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, I, I hadn't seen any – this is the first time I've seen anything of Longley. Like, I've never watched any of his Barca games or any anything like that. So I don't have an opinion about him before this game. So with that, I could be naive <laughs> in my praise for him here, and I'm very happy to admit that. Um, I think I was, I was glad to see that there was one point where he did um, – he did get a bit physical with Mitrovic and Mitrovic's whole game is about being physical. Mm. So to see Longley come out better in a, in a tussle there, I thought that was good. Cause it sort of showed, okay, he's not someone who's going to come to the Premier League and get pushed around and, and all that. So I, I think proceeding with some caution about him is good. I think I just see the upside from like that game. And I just think I just get really, really excited to see, like, and I thought, uh, have we transitioned to the Fulham game? <laughs> yeah, let's just move on. I mean, what else is there to say about this? It was a bit, it was a bit shit. Yeah, um, screw, yeah. The, screw the West Ham game. Um, but I'd be interested to see, like, 
when we have, say, Longley and Perisic playing for a game. Um, what does that sort of look like? Because um, there's quite a bit of experience there. I think Sessegnon played well in, in against mm. Fulham. But, um, yeah, I think there's just, like, other combinations which I'm still keen to see um, before before sort of knowing where it might be best for us to 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 stand, you know, when we're going like, all right, we've got a huge game. Who do we need to play as our best team? Mm. But like, isn't that, and I know you feel this way, but isn't that exciting that there are combinations of players? It's like, oh, we haven't seen that yet. Who knows how it will go? It sounds like it is something that I'd like to see happen uh, as opposed to, oh my God, if one of these 11 players gets injured, <laughs> we are done. Like, and then we've got to bring in, uh, who's, uh, Zeki Friars. Oh, God. <laughs> he's come back. We got to play him. Oh, I love geez. it. Zeki Friars was just always at the club. We just forgot about him for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> and he's aged now. He's like, he's, he's like 38. He's <laughs> still no. And he's got some else. views about politics that are very distasteful. <laughs> he gets on really well with Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I thought the full game immediately, as soon as it started, we looked so much better than we had for the last, you know, couple of games. We were um, a lot more aggressive. It seemed like we were um, a lot more uh, proactive. Um, and, you know, I guess to not sort of overblow anything, I, I would assume that's entirely down to the fact that Richarlison started yeah, it's it's purely Richarlison. <laughs> yeah, it's all Richie. <laughs> it's all all Richie because, yeah, I guess we saw a little taste of him in the West Ham game, and after the shithousery from last week, we we're expecting something. But when he came on, like he was he good, he ran around, but he, like nothing. There was no event, um, associated with it. Um, just a very quickly, something just popped up. I think on <clears throat> with Bas- <clears throat> excuse me with Basuma. I'm getting choked up. It's so emotional here. Wow. Um, with Basuma and West Ham, he got his yellow card so early in the game. And I wonder if that also had a, f- had a factor in like, you know, so much of his game is about recovering the ball and then he gets a yellow card. So not mm. to write off Basuma yet. Well, I'm, we're, I'm sure we're going to see, you know, some much better performances coming from him. Nah, he's done. <laughs> sell, sell, sell. <laughs> he's done. I was excited for him to come in, you know, player wise, not because of what was around him, but he's done. Put a fork in him. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> sell, sell, sell. Levy, levy. <laughs> um, no, I think you're right. You know, he he might play the Champions League game that we have coming up. Um, definitely not. <laughs> I'm not going to pull a, a fans on Kulusevsky moment where first game's like, oh, <laughs> I hate him. And then it turns out he's fantastic. So, yeah. Uh, but sorry, to your main point about Richarlison, like, in the film game, oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this shouldn't, in my mind, it shouldn't be a question of like Rashalson or Kulusevski. Um, it's like just because we finally got some like rotation happening there, it doesn't mean that now suddenly we're saying Rashalson's better than Kulusevski. Um, but just seeing what Rashalson can do when he starts a game, and he 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 went for the whole game. He just ran mm-hmm. for the whole game, and even towards the end, was still going absolutely nuts. Um, mm-hmm. which is like the first time I've, I mean, he's only been substitute for us, but it's the first time that we've got, had seen him apply that work rate, like for a whole match. And it was quite simply astounding. 
Mm. The biggest thing I noticed from his game was, and I, no, that's not true because you're right. The running was fantastic. The, the pressure was great. The presence that he brings, um, like it's just been so long. Well, well, no, I mean, we've got Kulisevsky, but um, we just have to counter on the amount of times I say Kulisevsky. <laughs> um, but like a player coming in with that kind of um, uh, presence, which I guess, you know, if we're playing Kulusevsky, we don't have someone else that we can bring on that also has that. Whether if Richarlison starts or Decky starts, either of them have that. But, you know, it, it felt, watching it, um, like it was like, okay, we've got another big threat on the field, which was awesome. Um, but for me, the big thing I noticed was just the, which maybe is the is the patterns TM or something else, but... Um, there was a few moments where it was like he he did one, two, three great things and then would attempt to execute a through ball or whatever and it just would be slightly uh, overpowered or just kind of in the wrong spot or whatever. Like nothing – it's not – I'm not saying it's like Lucas levels where he does a couple of good things and then just runs like through the advertising barrier. Yeah. Um <laughs> like some kind of Forrest Gump figure, like he has the ability to be like, oh, this is the pass that needs to be made now. But it was just like they were just a little bit off, which hopefully is is just a matter of time until they start well, sort of all clicking. Far out, Barney on the new boys. Sell, sell, sell. Sell, sell, sell. sell, 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 sell. sell. I'm sick of these new boys. Get rid of Rashadis to the long lay. I don't like him. I don't get it. Why don't we get someone in who's a proper football man like Mark Noble? <laughs> he could play up front. He could do a job. You know, he, he could do a job. He always put in, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's 38, Barney. He's 38 yeah. now. He's got that experience. Yeah. Experience. He's played in the Prem, hasn't he? Hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he knows the league. He knows yeah. the league. Um. I think I think you're right. Like there's there's still some some elements of Rashardson's game to come, but I, I think they'll you know in within a a couple of games they'll they'll be ironed out and um, especially just as they're learning again just how each other moves and uh, the sort of runs that they generally make and all those sorts of things. Um, yeah, I, I think that'll I think that'll come. I'm just so happy that it's we've just got another. Like, I mean, Kulisevsky was great. Like for so many years, we've had, it's been like Son and Kane have been our great attacking players. And then it's been just throwing someone else in as another piece of the jigsaw to like just complete a set because we need, <laughs> we need an extra player on the field. Um, but now it's good that, all right, we've got Kulisevsky, amazing. And now we're out of the situation of like, well, one of them's injured, Kulisevsky's out. I guess we got to play Lucas now. Or we get to the end of a game and it's like, well, Lucas is going to come on for the last 10 minutes. And it's like, we know he's not going to do anything. He's just going to mm. run around with it. Nothing's going to happen. Like you see Richarlison coming on. You see Kulisevsky coming on. Um, at some stage, I'm sure we'll see Son coming on. Um, it's it's really great to have this like, you know, top level attacking player that we can sort of bring into the system now. Uh, I think that's, yeah, really, really exciting. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, you're mentioning these attacking players and, you know, I'm hearing you, I'm agreeing, but I'm just feeling like you're missing out on our number one attacking player, which is General Ho. <laughs> General Ho, he's 
He's done it again. He's done it. He's done it again. Just that's just his tagline now. He's done it again. Mm-hmm. Um which actually it's like a tagline that can also apply to the people that dislike him. We've united the fan base. We've united the fan base because oh he's bloody done it again, isn't it? Yeah. Or he's done it again. <laughs> So there we go. Uh, please, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, please use the tagline wisely. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, another. Can, yeah, it's free use, but it's free. Please use. use it wisely. No royalties. No, we're fine. Yeah. We're, we're generous. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, another another goal, another great performance. Um, it's almost like the goals being scored are stopping the people who have all the negative, like because it's like they just feel that it's maybe a step too far to argue about him on a week when he scores. But mm. I feel like when we get a game where he doesn't score, they're going to just come right back at it. Yeah. And like his, his midfield stats and performance overall might be better on those weeks, but if he scores, it, <laughs> it just disappears. Yeah. It's, it's very strange. And like the, the play leading into the goal and the fact that he was able to recover the ball, which was played slightly behind him, move it forward and then shoot. Like, if you need evidence of a man's ability, <laughs> like, that is the clearest evidence. Like, if you if you watch that and go, hey, still shit, like, then I, you just, you know, you can't be helped. Like, it was great. And aside from that, he did have a good game. I'm not saying he didn't have a good game aside from the goal, because he did. Oh, definitely. I feel like he's getting more powerful now. It's like <laughs> the more hate that's been put into the ether, he's, like, sucking that up. And he's becoming a like a better player. Like over the last few games, mm-hmm. like I'm, like he's definitely gone up a level in my mind. Um, and it's like it's amazing. Like his spot should be not under question at all. And I, I still feel there are there certain people who are just like, oh, well, you got to play Benton Kerr Basuma. That's the that's the real number one that we're just all waiting for. And it's like, are we? Are we really like waiting for that? Like Basuma, great. I love him as a signing, but I think overall, I'm a more one-dimensional player than Hoybier is. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, I think what needs to happen is, which I don't want to happen, and I is that Hoybier needs to get injured, and then then we need to be like, uh oh, <laughs> oh, oh, all those things he was doing. Oh, oh, right. Okay. He was actually a very important member of the team. Hence why he started under three different managers. Oh no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was a really good strike. Um, whether the Chelsea one was kind of a bit like, you know, how did that go in? Whether this was, um, it felt much more like something that he did. He was a man on the mission in this one. Um, but you could tell he, he's like, he wanted this to, to like, it was, it was happening. It was happening. He was scoring. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, he's, he's, I love, I, I love, I think he's great. Mm-hmm. I think he's great. Yeah. I think he's great too. And like of all, it's funny that, you know, for so many years we've had the like Spurs week underbelly and then we have a player that comes in for, we get rid of Kyle Walker Peters who week underbelly to bring in this dude <laughs> who doesn't. And then we complain about him. It's like, what? Um, Yeah, I think he's great. I I also think, and I wonder if you agree with me, this game could have been, we could have won by four goals. Um, And it just didn't happen. Like Son hit the post. Richarlison got called. Um, What was it? Was it offside or was it a foul? I can't remember. Uh, Wait, Uh, Son hit the post. Richarlison also hit the post. So Richarlison hit the post and then also had a goal disallowed. 
Um, and then <laughs> it was so funny that in terms of defensive weakness, the goal we conceded, which was a fantastic strike by Mitrovic, um, that was Romero like slacking off on the yeah on the tackle, and Dyer just kind of standing there like, huh? um, <laughs> like you'd assume it was going to happen to Longley, considering what we've what we've heard, but it didn't. It was uh, Romero. Ah, oh, yeah, I was very surprised by that. Like, because. You could argue it's like, well, Romero kind of went for the tackle and kind of got ball, but it got wedged in there. And then he sort of was out of the way, but then he just stopped. Like, it was almost like he was just baiting Mitrovic into shooting. He's like, mm. oh, go on, go on, have a ping. See how good you really are. And it's like, oh, R- Romero, this guy's like absolutely on fire at the moment. Nah, give him a, give him a crack. Let him have a go. Yeah, go on. Go, go on, on, son. Go on, son. Go on, son. Buy your ticket in the lottery. Go on. Take on the millions. Go on. Go on. Can uh, you imagine if Romero had a really thick Scottish accent? <laughs> yeah. But like this whole time, it turns out he's from like Aberdeen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Oh, go on. Oh, come on. Take the shot. All right. Go on, mate. I'm going to smash you. <laughs> if you if you st- keep on doing that, I'm going to smash you. Yeah. I tell you, you know, well, I've been in so many Argentina trainings, right? Where I've... <laughs> Been coming up against Lamela, La Celso, Leo Messi. You ever heard of him? Hi. <laughs> Is that a name that's come across your desk, mate? Sound familiar or not? All right. They, they call me Romero. <laughs> you can call me Ross. <laughs> Ross. I prefer Ross. That's my that's that's my name of choice, right? Yeah. Everyone's saying Romero, Romero, Christian, you know, it's not that. It's Ross. Just call me Ross. One name, Ross. I don't know where Cootie came from either. <laughs> yeah, I've got no idea. I didn't control that. No. <laughs> anyway, during this game, during this game, <laughs> listen here, Gabriel, Jesus, or is it Jesus? I don't know. I'm going to crush you. I'm going to take you down. All right, down a notch or two. All right. You'll be my little haggis just hanging around in my tallywackle after this, all right? Cru- crucify you, mate. <laughs> so anyway, that's Romero. Um, that's Romero. That's Romero. Uh, by, uh, when the cameras are off, that's uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's that's what you don't get to see. Um, Imagine, you know, some people, you know, extra inch. They do tactical analysis. Those guys are so knowledgeable about Spurs. But the thing you don't get is Scottish Christian Romero discussing. A, ver- a variety of topics, mainly hurting people. So. Yeah, you don't get you don't get long bits. Um, you don't get funny voices. That's what you no, don't get on these I haven't heard one funny voice on that podcast. <laughs> We're going for a very niche audience here. It's like, oh, the analysis was not present, but I liked the voices. <laughs> My favorite movie is Austin Powers. Yeah. <laughs> I feel stupider than listening to them that didn't give me any insight on the game. But nice voices, those lads. <laughs> I do love Austin Powers. Um, should we uh, move on to the questions? Uh, yeah, let's let's go to the questions. Let's go to the questions. Yeah. <laughs> I so mean, look, we could give another five minutes of Scottish Romero if that's what people uh, are after. I mean, we cool. I, like, I, I want to. Yeah. But I'm thinking, you know. No, I think some people would be like, okay, that's enough. Boy. It's questions time. It's questions time. Okay, so Spud in essay says. What is to be said about Conte for trying to get Bentecourt to come back on after getting that concussion? Um, 
Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's that bad from Conte without us hearing what actually was being said. Mm-hmm. Like if Conte was going like, no, I don't care about the concussion, get him back on. It doesn't matter. His, mm. his head should be made of metal anyway. Then I think we go, mm, Conte, let's have a chat. That's not good. Mm-hmm. But um, if he's just like, oh, is it a concussion? Oh, that's not good. And then that was all the conversation was. Then I think that's okay. Um, mm. But I don't think that was clear, was it, of like if he actually knew at the time if it was a concussion or not. I think it was just trying to clarify with the doctors like what was actually going on. Yeah. I mean, I I think that it could have been that, that he just he didn't know. But Bendika looked pretty spaced out. It could have also been, which I think was said by the commentators here in Australia, that Conte was trying to get him to go back on so that then he could come off. It wasn't that he was sending him back out to play, but it was rather that it was like, go back on so that then you can come off and we can waste time. Um, Which, you know, in terms of uh, head injury, still not ethical. But like I understand, it's more it's more justifiable if he's like, I can see that you've got this. You all you need to do is just walk on the pitch, and then we'll make a sub, um, mm. rather than him being like, head injury. I've had thousands of those, and I'm fine. Um, <laughs> so yeah, who knows? I wonder what what that was. Um, I would assume it it had to do with time. That's that that was my take anyway. Afterwards, yeah, totally. Look, if he fully knew, <laughs> if if Conte fully knew it was a um, was a concussion and was it you know a sort of bad head injury and he was pushing for him to come back on, then that's definitely not good. <laughs> that's mm. unequivocally, that's not good. That's not a good mm. um, scenario. But yeah, it's just so hard to know. Um, but as we saw, left out against uh, against West Ham accordingly. So they're taking. They obviously you know did the right thing from that point onwards. Um, I think it was it might have been extra interesting talking about this that saying that in their perfect world it would be a case where that you know doctors have more say where they can just say yep players off and then that's it there's no questioning there's no discussions there's no nothing and then there's no ramifications that follow from that of like clubs you know um, certain managers being you know throwing their weight around a bit more and being like well our doctor keeps pulling the players off and saying it's a concussion let's fire him and get someone else in who doesn't care. Um, mm. But I think it is pretty it's pretty challenging to know on the spot what is going on. Um, and I think realistically you need to just, you know, benefit the doubt. If it looks like it could be that sort of injury, you got to play it safe, surely. you got to play it safe. But also in terms of concussion tests and the ability and reliability in what you can do immediately, um, Benninker's concussion was bad enough that within two seconds of doing a concussion test, you would know. And I would know because I'm a brain doctor. Um, <laughs> the difference is interesting. The extra inch bring that up because the protocol for the AFL, obviously a much heavier contact sport, is as soon as there's a head injury, they have to go off. They have to be assessed by the doctor and the doctor has to clear them to coming back. Like they immediately just go straight down to the rooms. Mm. Um, and it's a little bit different because there's interchange. It's not, you don't sub someone off and then that's it. Um, so there's sort of more leeway to do that, but they are right. Like it should be like, if he, if he was forced to go back on and then gets another head knock and dies, 
Like, <laughs> it's not, it's not great. You know, it's not great. I'm, I'm just going to put it, you know, lightly. It's, it's not great. No, that's not good. That's not ideal. That's, <laughs> uh, that's not ideal. Mm. I feel like, what, what, are, what are your thoughts? Like, given that you're such a big footy fan mm. and they obviously operate on an interchange system, would you like to see an interchange in football? In football? Well, no, because I really like the tactics involved in making subs and when you make them and, um, you know, what that does to change the game and the permanence of those subs as opposed to constantly being able to just swap through players. Um, I mean, there is a limit in AFL as well of how many um, interchanges you can make. And there also is a concussion sub. So, I mean, that could possibly be, I mean, we've got, there's five subs now, so that's heaps. But you can, you have a player on the bench who's not part of the interchange that if there's a head injury, they can come on and you don't, you're not down a player basically. So to me, it's like, it would have been better to just be like three subs, but there's a concussion sub. Yeah. Um, You're right. It would change the, the dynamic of the game too much. Like I kind of like it now that you do have five and you do have the ability to change the game a couple of times. But mm. yeah, if you went to full interchange, then you'd be able to just like change your mind too much. Um, yeah, I I just think it would take away a lot of the like tactical, like macro formation versus formation, or mm. you know what's sort of happening at that level. If it was just like we just constantly swap through. I mean, it would mean that I guess pressing teams could just press and press and press and press, and it would just turn into, I don't know if you've watched the Bundesliga recently, but it's just basically a mob of players moving around with the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I I feel as well, like, imagine like Conte would just be bringing players off to scream at them for 30 seconds, and then... yeah. Um, so we get so many instances of like, Decky, come off, come off. What mm. the hell are you doing? Bro? All right, get mm. back on, get back on, get back on. Go, son, go, son. 30 seconds later, oh, boy, get off here. Get your ass off the field. And they'd just be like, it would it would become chaotic very, very quickly. Um, when I think that we've had, you know, years and years of this not being part of the system. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think it's good. It's probably one of those things like we don't need to try and fix everything when there's no issue there whatsoever. But I do wonder, you know, on Millionaire's Island, if there was an interchange system, oh. how different the game the game would look. I did notice the groan there as well, buddy. That's... I just, I, I just, I'm groaning because you're spoiling the next James Bond movie for the listeners, where you're the villain. James, James, sit down, James. Welcome to my island. Is it up to your standards? See, we play a different version of football here, James. <laughs> do you like my cats? I have ten thousand of them. Anyway, back to the football, James. You see, we have an interchange. We have smell refs. We have everything you could possibly want. What have you ever wanted to change about football? James, tell me. I'll change it. But I just need to clarify. Is everything else on the island exactly the same as I know it? <laughs> everything else is. this. Oh, we do have 16 nuclear missiles. <laughs> uh but we're not thinking about firing those. We're so interested in the football, James. Please. Oh. Do you want to know why I bleed out of my eye? Well, <laughs> <laughs> mistreatment as a child. I would watch that, James Bond. <laughs> I would watch that more than uh, more than anything else. But, yeah, fine, fine. Fair enough. That rule belongs in, in that sort of bin. Yeah, um, sure. Okay, next question. Ready? Yeah, yeah, go, go. go. Uh, this is from Doherty's Left Foot. 
in light of Richarlison's performances, and if we can put Conte's tactical relative inflexibility to the side for a moment, would you like to see a 4-2-3-1 with Kane Son and Kulusevski behind Richarlison at some point when we are chasing a game slash need a goal? Maybe. It's like, it might be a fun thing, but it also might just be complete chaos. Because I, I don't know if, what, if they know exactly what to do. Like, I feel like they'd all be in each other's way. Does Kane play as a 10 slash attacking midfielder or does Kulusevski play there and then Kane has a free role? Um, does Richarlison play up front or is he actually on the wing? Like, I, I mean, maybe this is a good thing that you could have that kind of, some could also play up front. So it's like, maybe that is a good thing in terms of the fluidity. Well, hang on. What happened in the Chelsea game? When we went to two up front, what was the sub? It wasn't all four of them on at the same time, was it? No. No. Um, was it Richardson on for Kulisevsky? Oh, no, I can't remember. But it was 4-4-2, four, wasn't it? That we were yeah, but what I'm just trying to think there is, like, we obviously then had two up front with, like, sort of Kane and Richarlison. We also had Son and then someone on the right. Maybe it was just Emerson pushing up further. Didn't we bring on – oh, God, I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember. I feel like it wasn't Kulisevsky. I don't know. Like, uh, a part of me goes, yeah, I would like to see that, but a part of me as well is I, – I guess, like, the question says, like, if we're chasing a game – could you throw the other one on and, and without subbing them off? Then I'm like, yeah, sure. But I'd say we'd probably go to some more chaotic formation than a four-two-three-one if that was the case. Um, yeah. And yeah, chucking two up top, um, chucking four up top, just get the four of them up there and then just, you know, get General Ho to just clip balls over the top to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, if we're chasing a game, like get Lorente on, like whatever, <laughs> whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think we might see it. I will definitely like, we'll see it at some stage um, for that. But yeah, I, I think there is something here on the point of like Conte's inflexibility, which was so surprising with the Chelsea game where we saw that mixed up. But then I'm pretty sure since then we haven't really seen a shift in, in any of the games that we've been in. So I wonder if that was like just a little surprise. He was like, you know, wanting to whip out for Tuchel or if we're going to see more instances, like if we're down against City and we're not really in the game, or so, are we going to pull something out there and go to some other formation that we've never seen Conte play? We're going to see a formation that Conte calls the spider. <laughs> yeah. I can't disclose any details, but that's what I've heard. ITK, he'll be using the spider. The spider. The, mm-hmm. the spider. Look, as long as Hoybier is the nucleus, then we'll be all good. Yeah. <laughs> um uh next two questions from Leonardo the dog uh uh would really appreciate the thoughts on Emerson. For me, he's the only weak link in an otherwise really strong attacking unit. Focus on Richarlison and others is obscuring the fact that we are even reluctant to pass to Emerson. In terms of reluctant to pass, I mean I haven't noticed that in terms of passing to him. Like we pass to him a lot. Um, in terms of weak link, uh, we've probably already touched on this, but yeah, like it would be much better to have a different right back. Um, and he's playing, I think, good on him to the max of his ability. But you know, we we've all seen the crosses <laughs> against Fulham; they were horrendous, and the crosses throughout the season. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I, I was just going to say on the crosses, I actually think like there were some which weren't great, like the ones which end up being more shots. And you get those moments of a fan of like, oh, 
it almost went in. And it's like, yeah, it was not a good cross. Um, but there were one or two that <clears throat> he did pull it back. And I personally think that when we're attacking, we need to have more depth in our line as we're like attacking those. So I think we're just still not used to getting on the on <laughs> getting on the end of crosses too much. So I think definitely his crosses are not uh, a strength by any means, but there were a couple in there, which is okay. So he could over time, if he keeps going down that path and, and, and I don't know if they keep working on it, improve in that field. Um, I think it, when we say he's not getting past the ball, I really only think that that's when Sanchez is in the middle mm. because then it's like, well, to get it to Royale, we've got to go to Sanchez and we kind of want to avoid playing through Sanchez. Mm. So I think that he kind of, then that's when he doesn't end up getting as much of the ball, but I think he got quite a bit of the ball against Fulham. Um, yeah, he did. I, I think you're right about, you know, some of those crosses that are like, was it a cross or a shot? Don't know. And that noise, that's what I live for as a fan. That, oh, oh was that, oh. Yeah. yeah, I live for that. That's uh, that's what dreams are made of. Yeah, they're nice little moments that happen. Um, I feel it depends on how you look at this. Like, Emerson, to me, is he a weak link if we're talking about a team that wants to win the title? Yes. Is he a weak link for a team that want, you know, is going to finish third or fourth? I don't think so quite as much. <laughs> um, and I guess I also mean like, like next summer, like there's probably other positions that we go for first before a right wing back. Um, although it really depends who's on the mark. Like if you can suddenly get like someone like Hakimi, <laughs> if you get a lot, an elite attacking right wing back, then I think you definitely go the upgrade there. Yeah, totally. But I feel that we're going to see a lot of Emerson this season. So uh, strap in and enjoy the uh, work rate, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, second part of this question, Barney. Uh, and I guess it's more of a statement here, and it's probably something of what we ch touched on earlier, which was, um, you know, around sort of Hoybier and is he just getting praise this week because, um, you know, down to the most simplistic statistic that he scored. Mm. Um, and is that why the, the sort of the hatred of him has stopped? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I think as well, it, it's also, to me, it wouldn't be a massive surprise if it's because the extra inch have stopped talking about him too. Yeah, maybe. Um, and given how big their reach is and they're actively going, no, I don't talk about Hoybier anymore. Um, I think there's, there's just enough evidence piling up everywhere that, yeah, people need to chill out about Hoybier, but I do think that people are being silenced this week just because he scored, but they, they're going to come back as soon as we get a, a result, which doesn't go our way. Um, yeah, it's going to get back into that again, which is, I found it really interesting that there was still some people online who seemed to think that the Fulham game, we played really poorly and they were like, if we play like this against City, we're going to get absolutely smashed off the park. <laughs> and we're going to get eaten alive if we play this badly against Manchester City. <laughs> to me, I've been watching, uh, re-watching Lord of the Rings, and that was pure Gimli. Mm. Oh, great. There we go. Gimli now into the Abit Spursy universe. So that's where we're going to leave things for this episode. Uh, because we've got the Marseille game uh, later in the week and we're going to do a special Champions League uh, return episode after that to celebrate us being back in Europe's elite competition. Uh, so for now, that's all. And come on, you Spurs. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. 
follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.